guys, I'm Duke Lamastro. You're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. So grateful that you're here. Just a quick thing, if this is your first time, or maybe you just haven't had a chance to do it yet, if you get anything out of this week's episode, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. And if you would, share this with that one person that comes to your mind while you're listening that you think could benefit from this as well. And I also just want to equip you with some extra resources. So if you're looking maybe for some more resources to just help you grow in your walk with the Lord or learning more about experiencing God's presence and God's power in your personal life, you can always check out my online media platform at simplepowermedia.com. All right, guys. Well, I'm actually doing something a little bit different here than what I planned on. I had something actually sort of somewhat ready to go for this week, but I woke up this morning and was just reading in the Bible, and I saw something that I had never really paid attention to before. I'd read it several times, but I'd never really paid attention to this before. And I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes this happens to me. When you're reading from one chapter in the Bible to the next, those are not, uh, those chapter distinctions were not originally there. So, like when Paul wrote his letter to the Corinthians, and I'm going to read a couple of verses out of 1 Corinthians. But when Paul wrote his letter to the Corinthians or to the Romans or to the Ephesians or the Galatians or whatever, he wasn't like chapter one, verse one. And so when he gets to the end of chapter one, there's like this big break. And then chapter two comes back a few days later. No, it was a letter. It was written as a letter. And so those chapter distinctions were added for your benefit and mine way later on to help us find verses and help us, you know, figure it out. So anyway, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we typically refer to as the love chapter, that's the chapter it's all about love. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, so on and so forth, right? When we get to the end of that chapter, verse 13, the last verse of that chapter says these words, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love this verse you probably have this verse up on your refrigerator or in your wall or your bathroom or on a bookmark or somewhere these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love and so typically i've read that and enjoyed it and have a good time and i actually do spend a lot of time teaching out of 1 corinthians chapter 14 Because that's a chapter of scripture that talks a lot about the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues. And so I really do spend a lot of time in that chapter, but I've never really so much paid attention to how how chapter 13 really flows into chapter 14. And so if you were to, let's go back and read verse 13 again, and I'm just quoting it here, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse 13 again says, and these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And then we just continue right on into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, and the Apostle Paul says, pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. He says, pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And this is what hit me this morning as I was just spending some devotional time with the Lord about how these two verses are connected and how they run right into each other. So first of all, the Apostle Paul is talking about faith, hope, and love. These three remain. When you strip everything else away, Paul had just gotten done talking about love and about how if if he does all these incredible things for the kingdom of God and he prophesies and he speaks with the tongues of men and of angels and he does all these incredible things and he reaches these incredible heights, but if he does it without 
love, then the conclusion is, then I am nothing. And so he talks about how important love is. And love really is the foundation for everything that we believe. God is love, right? Jesus said that what's really required of us under grace is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so love is our foundation. Love is so key. It's so essential. And it's really the, the, the basis for everything that we do, everything that we believe. We don't go to church, or at least you shouldn't go to church out of compulsion because you have to, because it's your religious exercise or duty, but because of love, because you love the Lord. Now, maybe it starts off that way for you. Maybe it starts off like, you know, I grew up going to church and I went to church sort of because I had to, but then I started to love it and I started to fall in love with Jesus even from a young age. But maybe, you know, we, we all go through different processes of life, right? And maybe it starts off that way. Maybe you start off giving offering or tithing or reading your Bible or spending time in worship or praying or being just doing good to your neighbor or obeying your parents or not cheating on your taxes or whatever. You start off doing those things because you know that it's what you're supposed to do but hopefully eventually you grow into this reality that this is a relationship with Jesus, with the King of Kings. And the more that you just do things out of love, the more you grow and the more it just becomes this natural part of life. I don't go to church because I have to. I don't tithe because I have to. I don't do those things because I'm not under any kind of a curse. I'm not a slave to anything. I'm free. I've been set free in Christ Jesus. So I do these things not because I have to, but because I want to, because I love him, because I'm in a love relationship with him. Love is at the center. So check out what Paul says. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. When you strip everything else away, these are the three things that remain. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these, the greatest commodity in the universe is love. And then we go right into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And then he goes on to, to say, but especially that you may prophesy. Then he starts talking about prophecy and speaking in tongues and all kinds of amazing things. But he says, pursue love out of all of these things, faith, hope, and love. These are the things that remain when you strip everything else away, but the greatest is love. So your task is to pursue love above everything else. Pursue love before you pursue the spiritual gifts, before you pursue being great, before you pursue your career and being famous and your vision and your dreams and all those kind of things. Pursue love because as you pursue love and remember God is love, as you pursue love out of the fullness of your heart, then what happens is all of those other things that really do matter, it's not that they don't matter, it's just that they're all secondary to pursuing love. And as you pursue love first, just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you. What things? Those things that you need, those needs of life, the things that you're going to eat and drink and put on, Right? That's what Jesus was talking about in that passage. And so when you and I get this right, and from a foundational standpoint, we live based on love and we pursue love himself above everything else, then these other things in life just really begin to fall into place and into alignment. And one of the things that I just really felt impressed by the Lord upon my heart this morning was him speaking to me and, and, and telling me, look, this is how I pursued you. This is how I pursued every single one of 
my sons and daughters. I pursued love to the point that I laid my life down. And this is the the thought that kind of came into my mind. You know, for anybody who's married out there or maybe you're engaged, but anybody who's ever been in that kind of a relationship, you know what it is to fall in love and you know what it's like to pursue the love of your life, how you'll literally lay your life down, how there's no limit to what you'll do, to what you'll sacrifice, to what you'll lay down, to what you'll give up for the sake of that person that you are in love with or that you're falling in love with. And I just want you to know, I know this is a really simple thing, but I just want you to know that God loves you that much. And from a foundational standpoint, this is where everything begins. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were completely unlovable, when we didn't know what was up or down or right or wrong or anything like that, he loved us first. He loved us while we were lost. He loved us while we were yet sinners. And he pursued us to the point of death. He gave up his life in our place, demonstrating perfectly, more perfectly than anybody ever has or ever can, how much he loves us. And so the Bible says again that he is love in 1 John chapter 4 verse 8. He is love. And so we get to pursue love. But check this out. Pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. There's nothing wrong with having other desires. And, you know, I talk a little bit here and there about spiritual gifts. And I I talked last week about hearing the voice of God. And I like to give you tools that are practical to help you grow in your relationship with God in terms of demonstrating the power of God, living and experiencing his power. But look, all of these things, the spiritual gifts and the laying on of hands and the praying for the sick and the prophetic words and all of these things, Those things are good and you should earnestly desire those things. But before he says, hey, go after spiritual gifts, he says, pursue love. When we pursue love himself, then all of the other things find their proper place and their proper alignment. When we pursue love, remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of the miracles, which I, I'm so grateful for, all of the, the, the prophetic, all of the anointing, all of the power, all of the demonstration of God's perfect nature, all of the demonstrating of the kingdom, it should always, always flow out of love. The, the, in the Gospels, we hear over and over again how Jesus was moved with compassion for the people. And he would be moved with compassion and it would just move him to minister, to teach them, or to set somebody free, or to heal somebody, or whatever the case was. But he was very often moved with compassion in such a way that it prompted him to do something. It prompted him to look into heaven and see what his father was doing and to put a demand upon the power of God. And as he put that demand upon the power of God, it flowed through love and that miracle happened, that breakthrough happened, it took place. But it was always based on love. It was never for selfish ambition. It was never for selfish gain. It was never about being seen. I mean, Jesus was often telling people, hey, don't tell anybody what I did for you. He wasn't out there publicizing his miracles. A lot of times when you read in the scriptures where Jesus was like, hey, don't tell anybody what I did for you is because he wasn't ready for his name to be known yet. He wasn't ready to be on the scene in that kind of public way because once it became known, it was just perpetuating his uh, eventual uh, going to the cross, 
right? I think I talked about that a couple of weeks ago in a different session here. But anyway, Jesus wasn't doing it for his personal fame or anything like that. He was just, he was moved with compassion and being moved with compassion. He always only did John chapter five, verse 19, what he saw the father do. He walked on this earth in order to demonstrate perfectly the love of the father, the nature of the father. And as he walked through life and he encountered people in their situations, he encountered people in mess in messy situations. He encountered people that had identity crises and he encountered people that had issues and that had sickness problems. He, he encountered people that had been ostracized, had been marginalized, who had been cast out, who had been rejected by everybody else. People like the, like the man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter five, who had just been overlooked for so long that the system wasn't helping them out. But Jesus comes along and asks questions like, Hey, do you want to be made well? And he just got involved in people's lives. And it was always out of love. It was always motivated by love. And that's really what I'm getting at today. The motivation of love will take you so much further than you could possibly imagine. Because all of this, all of life, all of the kingdom, all of experiencing the power of God, all experiencing the miraculous and and moving in the signs and the wonders and all these things that I really believe in with all my heart, none of it matters if love is not established at the center. In Ephesians, in Ephesians, Paul talks about being rooted and grounded in love. And when you are rooted and grounded in the love of the Father, you just end up being in such a safe environment, such a safe atmosphere to move in all of the signs and the wonders and the power and the miracles and all that kind of stuff. You, you're in such a safe place to do it. Why? Because when the motivation is love, the pursuit is always the correct thing. It's not about pursuing the praise from people like the Pharisees did. It's not about pursuing the accolades and and the notoriety and the fame and all that kind of stuff that I think if we're honest, we can get easily caught up on. If our, our focus is not in the right place, if the motivation of our heart is not rooted and grounded in love. And so I just wanted to give you a simple reminder this week. And just the last thing that I'll mention here, the, the Ephesian church that's talked about by the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 2. This Ephesian church is described as a really incredible church. And, and all of these amazing things that Jesus mentioned that this church was doing well. But then he gets to, this, to the bottom of this list of the things they were doing well. And he says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. And look, if you and I get caught up in the life and whether it's ministry or family or just going through life. And most of the things that you do in life, I'm sure they're good things. I'm sure you're pursuing a lot of good things. I'm sure you're going after things that are for your betterment, for the betterment of your family. And you're thinking about your future and whatever you're doing, most of the things that you pursue in life, most of the things that we pursue in life, they're good and they're good hearted. But let the motivation always be Love. We love God first, but we love others. And when we're moved by compassion and when we're motivated by love, I I personally believe that we're always motivated by either love or fear. And so perfect love, the Bible says, casts out fear. 
and I can allow fear to motivate me. And when I allow fear to motivate me, what I do is I hold on to things. I keep things tight. I play everything tight to the chest because I'm thinking about stuff like self-preservation and making sure that I don't mess up and that I don't embarrass myself and that I don't fail and that I don't look like an idiot and whatever else. But when I allow love to be the motivating factor of my life, I stop caring so much about me and instead I care about the person in front of me. And I care about demonstrating the power of God and making his name known. Why? Because he's worth it and because you're worth it. Because that person in front of me, that person that's in need in front of me is worth it. And so I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. I'm willing to go beyond myself. Like being in that relationship where it's not about me, it's about treating this person with the utmost respect and making them feel valued and honored and all of that kind of stuff. And that is exactly what Jesus did for us when the king of the universe came to this planet full of orphans and he gave his life in our place in order to save us. He treated us with the utmost honor and respect on just an incredibly unbelievable level. He laid his life down in order to save us. And that's how he demonstrated his love, his perfect love, the love of the Father to us. And so as we go through life, that's how we should live our lives. That's how we should be motivated. And so we're motivated by love. Look, desire spiritual gifts, desire the power, desire the miracles, desire all those things. But let your pursuit, your principal pursuit in life always be love. Because when you're motivated by love, you'll always end up in the right place. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week. This was a little bit shorter and just quick and to the point, but I hope it was a blessing to you. Make sure you come back next week, same time, same place. You can check this out on simplepowerpodcast.com every single week or on any of the other major platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. You guys have an awesome week. Make sure you subscribe and share. Bless you guys.